God damn it. Hold on, let me just close my email. Did you hear that in the last one? Hear what? My email going off. No. Oh, fuck. She's not there anymore. Oh, wait, here she is. Are you still there? Yeah. All right, here we go. Hello. Hello. Woo! <laughs> I you got man enough to fuck with me. I'm Tell everybody never talk to anyone. To any give me practice. This is how I win. Get it, a real man. Best in here. I have this kind of scrappy DIY New York filmmaking mentality that we just don't see enough of anymore. This is a film. I'm a straight up slut. I'm freaky as hell when I'm in that shit. So what's up? You got man enough to fuck with me. Grain. You can't last two minutes in my world. Experimental film. <laughs> Yo. <laughs> I'm sorry, what'd you say? I said that was dope. <laughs> Everyone, Alex Lee Moyer, director of TFW No GF. Welcome. Welcome to the pod, Alex. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Is this what? Episode is this I I I, uh, I did some research on you guys and it looks like this is your fourth episode. Is that yes. true? Yep. It is indeed. That is that's exciting. Congratulations. Thanks. Yeah, we're the number one podcast in the world. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we surpassed Joe Rogan just three three hours ago, which is awesome. Yeah, and he already gave us big shouts and a bunch of money. Yeah, that's the Elon great. Musk episode. That's how it works. This is this is the big money business right here. Exactly. That's the, that's, that's our hope. <laughs> There's nothing else to do. Yeah, the producers are pouring in right now. So you you guys will be doing mattress ads before you know it. <laughs> Better call Saul lifestyle. I'm into it. Um, so, so are you guys are like anonymous? That's your deal. Yeah, we. So, do you yeah. have like fake names? Oh, Ion Bach, and then wait, hold on, <laughs> the Ion Pack. Wait, yeah, exactly. So, what are your like aliases though? We we've gone by Ion Number One and Two for a couple of years now. Yeah, uh, when you're involved in this many projects, you kind of. It's a conflict of interest to be involved in so many projects, so we like are contractually obligated by multiple parties to stay anonymous. Fuck like Jerry what kind of like what kind of projects? Fuck Jerry, Hims, Joe Rogan. Oh, okay. Jonah <laughs> Hill, Josh Safty. That's very cool. Um, so uh, when did when maybe, did you get? Wait, can, can I just ask real quick? When did you get started making this documentary? I'm sure that you've been asked oh. that before, but how long have you been making this? Um, well, I, I started developing it in 2017 and I started shooting it, uh, on the, on New Year's day, 2018. Uh, and yeah, that's pretty much it. But there was a lot of, there was a lot of development kind of that happened. I mean, development quote unquote, basically just like shit posting and just being <laughs> like on, on, you know, on like irony Twitter for like, you know, uh, a number of months but i wasn't really thinking about it like so much as development then but then it kind of now it seems like yeah that was definitely development right like how were you like active in the 
incel community or were you, you were kind of like a silent observer for a while and how long were you doing it before you decided to make it? Um, well, I kind of, I started, um, I didn't mean to, I stumbled into it. So, and I stumbled into it through filmmaking, through doing, um, the new radical, uh, a, a doc I edited, uh, before that. And I kind of got initiated as some of the, the, I, well, I got initiated to Twitter basically through, through Cody Wilson and through, um, like just to having to do research in order to put together a documentary about the dark web or whatever. But I, none of that, none of like the, none of like the, the real, like all right kind of racist shit or like hardcore shit, like really resonated with me. But what did resonate with me was sort of, um, just like the sad posters and like the shit posters and just, you know, um, just sort of, you know, irony Twitter in, in general, um, right. I was cu- I was curious about that, like kind of uh, shying away from maybe some of the more extreme. Like I was like, where's where does Sam Hyde play into all of this? I wanted to ask you about that. Well, I, I mean, you have to ask him. Sam operates on this whole. Well, I don't. OK, first of all, I don't know. I don't know Sam personally. But, you know, a lot of this whole thing with I with any of this irony kind of world is that everything's sort of operating on this um, premise of plausible deniability. Right. So. Uh, I don't know. I mean, some people might have, a pro- it's like you can choose to be offended by Sam Hyde, or you can also kind of plausibly say that there's not a problem with Sam Hyde and that he's just playing into, he's just tapping and he's just tapped into something that, you know, I've said, I've said historically, like, I appreciate Sam Hyde, like as like a, you know, objectively he's not really my thing because i'm not like a belligerent like 25 year old (laughs) male but like i'm glad that there's somebody just like i'm happy that like aoc is there to like represent her demo i'm happy that sam hyde is there to represent well something i noticed uh i don't know if this was intentional or not but it the doc is very non-political and in fact kind of the only references to like alt-right and politics I really remember from it were kind of coming from the media and were kind of seemed like that was a media narrative that was kind of put onto it. I mean, obviously a lot of people in the community were alt-right, but it seemed to, what I got from the doc was that that was less prevalent in, in kind of the incel culture, if you will, than it was made out to be. Well, it's a pro. It's just there's just so many worlds, right? And like there, there's definitely for sure people that I talked to and that I considered putting into the film who might have been seen as like more radical or more toxic or more political. Um, I just personally wanted to work with people who I liked and who I had felt like I had a rapport with, so. While it seems like I've largely left myself out of the film, the film is still sort of traveling through the lens of sort of the relationships that I developed with these individuals. And I'm not saying that those individuals represent everybody. It's like there's a huge Venn diagram, basically, of like that whole world. And like, yeah, there's the alt-right, which to me, like nobody's really saying that or calling themselves that who's cool, right? Yeah, totally. Even if... 
you know, I mean, it's, it's, it's really passe and kind of like anytime the media takes something and like creates a name for it, they basically like make it uncool. And in some ways, like I've made, I've made this, I mean, hopefully I'm making the word incel uncool because I never really thought that it was really, I mean, it's such a nebulous term and there's just so many. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I could, I could have made it more fucked up if that's the question. Do you have a favorite? Person in the film? Yeah. Oh, I would never. Yeah, I figured. I like I like the cowboy guy. I like them all for different. I like them all in different ways for different reasons. Like it's like people in your life, right? I I think you. I think that comes through that you like and kind of had a relationship with these with these kids, even though you're not in it, which is. Yeah, well, they're so different. They're so different from each other. They're all so different from each other. It's like, it's crazy. But I mean, yeah, I consider them. I consider them my friends and I knew that it was going to take a long time to to make this and to push it through and to make it good. And I also needed to I also needed them to collaborate with me. Um, otherwise, it would have ended up being kind of cringe and, and lame. Totally. You know. Well, some, speaking more to the kind of uh, political bend of, of all this kind of stuff, something that I found was interesting was I feel like the whole kind of narrative around incels and people who kind of deride them are saying like, oh, it's, you know, straight white men who are like saying that they're oppressed and they don't really know what oppression is. They're not oppressed. They think they're oppressed, blah, blah, blah. But to me, it didn't seem like any of them felt oppressed at all. It didn't really seem like part of their kind of message, or not even message, but you know what I mean? Part of their identity at all. Right. They were kind of, they were talking about feeling alienated and feeling, you know, like they didn't fit into society and they were alienated by society and they, there wasn't a place for them. But it, mm-hmm. it, I, never did I get a sense that it was a feeling of oppression. Like that's what I'm saying. No, there was, there was, didn't seem to be any resentment or economic resentment or no. like this is happening to me because of this or because of these people. It was just like, I mean, it's yeah. kind of nihilistic, but it was also refreshing. They were kind of just like, you know, we are, this is the way the world is and this is our place and like unfortunately that's just how it is they weren't really blaming anyone else Mm, yeah i mean i guess that's like yeah and it's been interesting to watch how just you know people used to leave themselves like directors used to leave themselves out of out of their documentaries and and it's funny now that everybody is like especially like the the woke left or whatever is like so like hand-wringing like pearl clutching about like the fact that i'm not in the film but like to me like that just seemed like a really classic instinct but it's been really weird to watch people project things onto the film that aren't even in the film like that aren't even like it's like people are taking the context of everything that they've seen and heard over the last like four years or whatever and projecting it into the film which is the exact reason why i didn't install more context myself is because I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Everybody's already coming to this with their loaded like notions about like whatever they think, whether they're coming from the right or the left, or they're coming from like the in group or the out group. Like I don't really need to say anything because like I would rather just see what happens next. And like basically what happened is everybody kind of tried to um politicize it. And it's not that there aren't political issues attached to it, but there, you know, you could politicize anything. Like take a look outside. Like you know exactly well i something else i thought was interesting kind of more to this point was i saw the quote that you had in uh rolling stone about uh, um about kind of 
the idea that they were, you know, privileged white men that had the world at their fingertips and, and they were claiming they were oppressed, but they're not. And you said, but that doesn't change anything in their reality. Right. Uh, which I thought was really interesting because it really just shows that this, the kind of like narrative around this whole thing in the, in the media, like what I was just talking about, really just lacks so much, it lacks any kind of nuance or context. And it, it basically just makes the same blanket statements about these kids that anyone who has any type of prejudice or misogyny or whatever, it's the same type of blanket statement that someone like that would make. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. And, and the truth is that like, I, I shot, I filmed people that never expected to be in a documentary and never expected anybody to turn a camera on them and they're not public figures. And like, um, it, it was, it's like, yeah, it, it, everything has sort of been swirling. The reaction is sort of, it almost has nothing to do with them. It's just the fact that like they even exist is like a problem. For right. People. I mean, it's just kind of it, like, it, it honestly reminded me, maybe think of Bowling for Columbine, right? Like think about that and the blaming, uh, you know, MTV and Marilyn Manson and stuff. It's kind of, yeah, it's, it's a satanic panic. It, all it, over exactly. Again. It's a satanic panic all over again, except the enemies aren't, you know, like white Christian conservative America anymore. It's like the enemy is the woke left. So it gets painted in this weird way, but it's still just, it's like young kids being reactionary to prevalent culture, which has always been the case. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, pretty much. And like, you know, the people that I chose with maybe like the person who's like the most like kind of fits into like whatever the stereotype is of what people fear or whatever would be like Compot. But even Compot is not like really going for the jugular, right? Like I feel like, um, you know, being a part of this culture, and this is what I tried to illustrate in the film, like is to them just as much a point of about just sort of having a community even more than it's about like just like rubbing people's noses and shit all the time, you know? Totally. So and I also think it's like in the kind of era we're in where uh, woke era or whatever, I think the idea it somehow is like a laughable thing to a lot of people that these just white, straight, middle American men need some type of community but which is really bizarre when you think about it because like you just said like you're glad aoc is there to represent her demographic like it's i think it's important for everyone no matter what their identity is or race or class or whatever everybody needs to feel like they're part of some type of uh represented and and have some type of uh camaraderie with people who are in their same situation i mean it's like it's why art and is has always been a thing it's you relate to things and you think someone's speaking to you and and someone in your position it's so the to, to i don't know it seems to me like really counterproductive i guess to think of it as a bad thing that you know these right. kind of white middle american guys are, are finding community with each other sure but at the same time like I don't think that there's any reason for like me to act like Pollyanna or something. And like, I was like, Oh, I just wanted them to be, I mean, I do want them to be represented, but I didn't need to like install any more like troll stuff because the sheer act of making a film that's about men or that is, and by the way, I didn't mean, I didn't, it was never by design that they all 
ended up being white. Like that was never part of the agenda at all. Like that's just what ended up happening when I ended up meeting these accounts because I don't know who they are when I'm following them. And I certainly, you know, would have shot people who weren't white, but that's just, I just, that's just not how it worked out. But like the sheer act of even just making a movie about them isn't itself like, I knew that it was loaded with like enough controversy for it to be interesting to me. And, um, and like that, that was like, I had to do so little to, to, to do something interesting just by making a movie about men. Like I, it's like, I didn't even have to do anything. I didn't have to put myself in the movie. Like all I had to do was just like, let them talk, you know? And the idea that like, I'm not answering these questions for people that they have, like, she said, well, this is reckless. Like she's being so irresponsible. Like, well, I mean, they, they address everything in the movie. I ask them the questions that you guys are asking me and they answer them. And those answers are in the film. So anyone who's like, I didn't learn anything like, well, then you weren't paying attention. Totally. I, I yeah, I think it's, it's weird. I, I've been, I can't really think of another example right now, but I've, I've kind of been noticing like people have a lower tolerance for having to, that for things not having meaning just like black and white spelled out for them which is really bizarre to me it like it there it, there isn't like an answer for why that's there it's not it, it, we'd love to say oh it's because of capitalism oh it's because of this it's because of that if we had more of this in this country this wouldn't be it. but they're really none of those are, are they kind of you could argue that they play a role but none of them are answers. There isn't an answer. That's so, because the average audience member is sort of like looking for that block of text at the end of a movie that's like, this mm -hmm. person ended up in jail. Yeah, you know, it's just right, like some sort of right, like That's what narrative. I'm saying. Like, why do you, why it doesn't need to be spelled out for you? It's, it's what we were talking about before. It's especially a documentary. It has its own language and you can take what you need to take from it, from that language. It doesn't have to be like spelled out for you in this really concrete way. Well, yeah. And I mean that, you know, I just wanted to make something that felt like real life, right? Like I wanted you to feel like you were in the room with them. I wanted you to feel like, you know, spoiler alert, but I wanted to feel like by the time you get to Charlie on the news report that like, and they zoom in on the picture of Charlie, like the convention, like everybody was like, oh, you should put that at the beginning because like the new thing now is you want to like let people know to like hang in there because something big's going to happen or something or some bullshit but like right. i want you to be laughing when you see charlie in that photo on the news report and not being right. like oh my goodness oh my god what he said what it's like to me like that's the real that's the real glee of it is taking people and, and making them identify with people that they wouldn't otherwise right identify well with. it sets him up really fairly you know it doesn't set him up overly it doesn't set him up as an enemy it doesn't set him up like overly sympathetic you just you just get to know him and then when this happens, you're just seeing it happen to him. It's not like this perspective of it wasn't forced on you. Yeah. And it's not, I mean, it's not, it's not okay for him to like do what he did, but like, no, to just, no, totally, if you, totally. if you had all the context of like how it happened and everything and like where he was at and like, you know, those tweets were very old that he made that he got in trouble for. And it, my thing that my whole issue with that whole thing that went down with him was, well, if you guys thought he was so dangerous, why didn't you? do something sooner like why did you wait till the day before the joker came out to like do something about it like why because like the, the news wanted there to be a mass shooting like the media did well I mean, I, yeah i mean even when done uh, this is pretty bleak <laughs> but even when done for noble 
causes, I think people taking down other people, there's still just this weird kind of animalistic, like joy in seeing someone else being taken down, even if it's for like an, a good reason. You know what I mean? Oh God. Well now more than ever. Right. I right. Mean, I mean, this is I, like a, Oh, yeah. sorry. Go ahead. No, go. No, you go ahead. Well, I was just thinking like, you know, when someone gets, you know, canceled or in trouble in the media and like everyone loves to hop on being like, Oh, I met him and he was horrible. And like, you know, and like talk, I never liked him. He was always a weirdo. Look at this, look at this. It's like, yeah, I, you know, I'm glad that this person is being held accountable for this horrible thing that he did, but everyone kind of piling on in this really personal way. It just is like the fact that this person who got in trouble did a bad thing now gives everyone an excuse to like take joy in someone else falling. And it just makes the whole thing like 10 times bleaker to me, you know? Yeah, well, it's just the manifestation of this whole like kind of clickbait kind of outrage culture. And um, yeah, and it's crazy because I thought when this whole like COVID shit went down that like something would change and that it would people would be like put things in perspective or whatever. But it's only gotten it's like there's nothing in America that we can't turn into like a con an outrage contest. Yep. And like for people like them um they're just fucking totally burnt out on it and like they just like they've been so kind of psychologically sort of beaten down by sometimes like their real life circumstances but also just from the sheer like feed like feedback that they're receiving from like the general public that like it's it's like all the they don't have any skin in the game you know and and when people don't have any skin in the game or any stake in society like that's like when things start to kind of get dicey because you can say like oh well, fuck them like they don't they don't you know these you know cisgendered white males well you mean you have you have people that are basically dropping out i mean they dropped out of school they drop out of society but they're they're still really smart and they're still like especially the people in my film, like I consider them to be artists and I consider, consider them to be, you know, useful. And it's too bad that the only, it's not too bad. There's beauty in it. Right. But like, they're kind of confined to the margins and, you know, that's, that's where they'll, that's where they'll stay until like we, have, yeah. Has I don't any know. Of that, have you felt any of that shift since the movie? has come out even in the way that it's been released. I just wanted to comment actually on the release and just like having the digital screening with like South by Southwest and Amazon. And oh yeah, that's like a whole other thing, yeah. How that's like maybe a compromised way of releasing your film, but also in a way I was thinking that like maybe that's sort of like the, the, right, the right perfect way for it to be released. Well, I mean, it's been, it's been like having, a, it's been like a constant process of like, for me on this film like having to make these sort of like decisions that are like what is the what is the conventional wisdom versus like am i making a conventional film and do i have a conventional audience and when i was making this film i had a i had you know this film cost almost nothing to make and was paid for by like small private um investments from individuals you know basically friends of mine um uh with little sort of um, participation of like the, the film industry, even though I've been working in the film industry for a while. So it didn't, at the end of the day, like it didn't mean shit to me that people were like, oh, well, distributors aren't going to 
want your movie if everyone sees it. And I'm, I was just thinking, well, the people who are going to watch this movie, and I've said it since I began, are people who don't watch movies. And yeah. they're people who are watching YouTube. And like, right. no one believed me that they could access like Gen Z or something. But like, there was, there was, we did all the publicity ourselves. Everything was super grassroots. Like, the only reason that this film was able to get any attention at all is because it got attention from the people who it was about. And yeah. those people showed up, like turned up in just like sheer masses, you know? So that's why the movie got a lot of steam. And people, some people were surprised, but I wasn't surprised at all. Yeah, but when you say it's for people who might not actually watch movies, it was interesting when I searched it on Twitter, like the suggestion was TFW, no GF torrent. I was like, yeah, that's that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, but I don't even care that the torrents are out there because if there weren't any torrents, the film would be dead. Like nobody would be watching it because yeah, is it is it available right now? Like I saw no. it was all, off. No, of yeah, I I had to I found uh, I found a link to it on Reddit. That's how I watched it. Yeah, no, there's there's I mean I don't want it to be too easy to watch it. Like if I don't want it to be streaming, but also like I'm a busy person. And there's not a lot of I don't there's not a lot of infrastructure on this film, and like I'm doing a lot of it myself, and I don't have time to go and like pull down everything, right. like and like fuck around with all that like i'm glad that people are able to tour in it i don't really feel that great about like if it's like streaming places like that's not as cool like because i do ultimately want to um have this film get actual distribution so that normal people can watch it and not just like internet savvy people um and i also would be really stoked to like pay back like the people that invested in this movie Beyond that, though, I don't have any, like, you know, grandiose kind of expectations about, you know, getting getting paid off this movie. I just, I feel like I'll be lucky to just make another movie and that'll be great, you know? And how do you feel, that, how do you, yeah, how do you feel about that, like, right now, just having already worked in the industry prior to this, but now having this movie out, like, what, what does it feel like in terms of, like, the people that you know and the kind of conversations you're having? Well, I was an editor before this, so it's not, there's not a lot of like point of reference for me. Um, I, I'm not historically a director and I mean, do I want to continue being an editor? Like, no, I want to edit my own movies. Um, cause editing is really hard and takes a long time and, yeah. <laughs> um, is really like, you don't have any room for anything in your life when you're an editor. So, um, I don't know. Like, is here's the other thing, kind of go also addressing may, maybe a question that you had asked that I didn't really answer a minute ago, which is like I don't I don't really know how the reception has been or how things have changed for me because, and I've said this on like every interview, like it's just it's all happening in my phone. Like I'm just in my apartment, right. like on my phone, right? So for all I know, like. I'm just in this feedback loop where I'm like looking at shit about myself. Like, yeah, I have like a never ending stream of content about like my own shit that I made, but like, I don't know if that really, I don't know how far that really extends. I haven't like gone out to like a bar and like seen people that like, I don't haven't seen in a while tell me they watched it or something like there's no real world feedback because it's so insular for everybody right now. Right. So, I mean, it seems like people like it. I mean, like definitely a lot of people have reached out to me that I never thought I'd fucking talk to you before. So that was weird. 
But like, um, speaking of which, we saw Billy Corgan. Yeah, that was my next quote. Yeah, yeah, how how did Gorgon oh. get involved? He's not involved. He's just like, um, or not, you know, interested. He's he. I just I'm. I actually met him. I met him out with friends here, and because he's sort of like, I mean, he's sort of a base dude. As it turns <laughs> out, and I, I'm not going to tell you. I'm not going to mention who I met. I'm not going to mention who I met him through because, like, I don't want to like blow up anybody's spot. But like, um, he's just he's just cool. I don't know. He's cool. I met him in person though, and and talked to him for a long time. And of course, I grew up in the '90s, so like, I'm not like you know. I, I have a lot of I had a lot of questions for him. Like when I'm when totally. I met him. But he's 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 an unusual person. I mean, he's but the the popular idea about Billy Corgan is that he's gone crazy somehow. And like I'm here to say, like he's not gone crazy at all. And he's like totally, oh, no, totally. We, we, he's totally fucking cool and like totally like. Um, but he did. He called me right when this all started. He he wrote me and and said, "Do you? I want to talk to you about the film." So he I've had a bunch of sort of like weird random like reach outs about the film. Um, and, um, he was one, he was one of the first ones and he just wanted to talk. He just called and people just have called me and they just want to talk about it. Yeah. I, uh, who, I, I actually think it makes, who, yeah. Oh yeah. Go for it. I was just going to say, are you, who, who are the other reach outs? Are you allowed to say? I guess I'm allowed to say, but I, but with the caveat of like, I'm not working with like, so Jonah Hill called me. That was cool. He Big Zoom shots. called me. Big shots. Um, and he was super cool. I was like, it was super. He just was really nice. And um, yeah, Billy Corgan called me. Um, I, think I mean, people. that's pretty much. Yeah. That's pretty much. That's pretty much it. Like, I mean, I've also, you know, like people are interested in the film, but they're they don't. I I don't I can't tell how I can't tell what's going on kind of. Uh, in terms of like whether I'm ke- like going to be canceled or not, like I know I had a couple of screenings lined up with like maybe some some people that like you guys are connected to, um, not connected to, but that you would know of um, from your sort of because you guys are like New York film dudes, right? Yep. Okay. The biggest in the game. The biggest in the game. But like people, like I've I had a call, I had an event at Rhizome that that got kind of you know canceled yeah. out of the blue like there's there's definitely the problematic entities that are attached to or quote unquote problematic entities attached to my film you know like Cody Wilson but like um I don't care about any of that like I just had to get the movie done so totally. and uh I don't me personally like I'm I'm not like I'm not like a right wing person and I'm not like a left-wing person I'm just like a a genuinely like curious person that isn't afraid of other people's thoughts and ideas um and whether or not I disagree with them necessarily um so but people have been pretty cautious so I don't know what the future of the film is or how I'm being perceived really at all because it's all happening it's not happening with me in the room and it's sort of behind the scenes but I can tell you that um we're working on just distribution for the film, but I don't, I don't really know what's going to happen yet. And 
it's sort of like a we're 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 in like a holding pattern basically right well yeah. i, I did, the idea of like people like corgan kind of spreading it and being you know advocates for it is really cool to me because he was like you know a king of alienation you know he was like the voice for alienated youth so it makes total sense to me that he would want to be or be a champion of of this yeah but that's not his angle at all because he's actually super alpha he's also like (laughs) i I mean that's that's one thing about him that i didn't realize that was when it flew in the face of everything that i remember from growing up because when i was perceiving him as like when i was like in high school and stuff like i always thought like you know that he was going to, that he was a small, sensitive, kind of wispy person, but he's not really that way at all. And actually, I would say no, he's that like a wrestling guy. Though. He's more on the, he's definitely more on like the Jordan Peterson tip <laughs> than he is on like the sad boy, like, oh, that was me. No, tip, no, no well, yeah, well, he, I mean, he was, he's a, a Chad. Yeah, he he's ne- a Chad. He, he was never woe as me. He was like, he, he inspired betas to be alphas. Well, his life was crazy, and I didn't really know that much about it until he was telling me about it. But he's sort of a no-excuses, no-bullshit person. Like, he really identifies with – I think that he – in his life, he's seen a lot of people obviously sort of, like, fall by the wayside or, like, die of drug overdoses or kill themselves or, like, growing up in the SARS community or, like, in the – zeitgeist of like the 90s and the atmosphere of being you know i mean like it's really crazy how he turned out i mean yeah he he definitely was totally his personality was much different than i ever thought it would be and he just doesn't fuck around dude he, he just he just doesn't he's no one's gonna tell him what to do um i think the person yeah he's almost sort of like got like a weird like well i don't want to say it but he reminds me a little bit of like vincent gallo or something yes in his, yeah in his, definitely in his in his energy of like but not as like but vincent gallo is to me like seems like the kind of person you couldn't really like ever get close to or something because he's like Bro. so such a dick or whatever but like i respect it like that's cool like he's vincent gallo whatever <laughs> but like it's that just sort of um, unapologetic, like no excuses, just sort of like, yeah, Billy Corgan's cool. Um, yeah, it's kind of like I was saying, he doesn't blame anyone else for anything. Like he's doing his no. thing and he's just going to do his thing and no one's going to stop him. He's so, yeah, he's so cool. And when I talked to him, I felt like, I don't know, it's weird. It's been weird talking about this movie to people because it's like the most talking like I've I've done in like a really long time and I'm not like a public figure. I'm like, I was just like an editor forever. So it's just weird when I talk to people about this movie, when they get it, when I know that they get the movie and they like the movie. And sometimes even when they don't, it's like, it's really easy for me to talk about it because I, I know what I'm talking about and like I'm telling the truth. So like, I don't have to like make anything up and I don't have to spin it and I don't have to pitch it and I don't have to prepare because I spent three years just doing it. So it's like, I'm ready to to talk to anybody, whether it's like Billy Corgan or, or anybody, uh, or like, or Rolling Stone or, you know, like people can come at me if they want, but like, 
I mean, there's not, I'm not hiding anything and the film isn't hiding anything. And anybody who thinks that like I'm hiding something in the film, it's like, um, they're just, they're, they're just not listening to what's being said because everything is addressed. Right. Well, actually, so that's a good lead into another question I had for you. Um, what, well, okay, I'll start with this one. What two parter? What criticism makes you the angriest or do you think is the most wrong? And what sympathetic take do you think is the most wrong? Mm. Well, um, I think I'm going to start with the sympathetic take because that's popping into my head most easily because I basically think that like, okay, hold on. So all like the, the anti takes, I can't even really evoke strong enough like sentiment about the negative takes to even be like, this is what they're the most wrong about because it's just a word salad of just like, like cliche cliches about like cisgendered white males or like, you know, that people don't deserve a platform. It's like, yeah. I have fatigue from all of that stuff and it's not spicy to me at all. Totally. Um, I, I mean, yes, but at the same time, the sympathetic take is that there's no problem or that people think that I'm trying to say that there's no problem and everything's okay. I don't think that everything's okay. Um, I just also don't think that everything is like, I just don't think it's the end of the world if like dudes are making fun of shit online. Right. Also. Well, also, sometimes I feel like this is not talked about at all sometimes something isn't all good or all bad you know what i mean like that's what i was saying before like blanket statements don't work like blank like something being yes no good bad doesn't always work right and like the whole point of a documentary is that like it, it's like it's like i saw a lot of takes about the movie and 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 the takes about the quality of the film itself like i also i don't take any of that shit personally because i've been an editor for so long and like I don't like I, I take criticism all day long and um, I don't care if people think the movie's boring or poorly made or, or whatever, like certain people will think that and then certain people will think the opposite. So there's really no reason to take anything personally at all. Like it's not going to be like a movie for everybody. But I think like when I was shooting with Kampa like the last time and like basically the way that I formulated the ending to the movie was I just went and um, just told him what was going on. I was like, we got to fucking shoot an ending in this movie. Like, let's just parse it out and let's just film us deciding what the ending of the movie is, basically. And, like, just break the fourth wall and just, like, look, just talk it out and see, like, yeah. what it should be, right? And basically, you know, he and I have, we don't have, like, a totally, like, we have a, I don't know if it, he's just naturally sort of competitive, right? Which is great for banter. So there's a lot of banter. And like he doesn't necessarily think that I'm like my hypothesis, like my, my thesis for the film is right or whatever. But he did say that like, you know, a documentary film, it this exists. So it the fact that it even exists gives it a right to be in like a film. And so if people watch it, they're like, nothing happened in this film. It's just like dudes talking. Well, it has a right to exist because it's real. And like, you don't see a lot of shit that's just like totally real. Like this yeah, is like the real You're documenting shit. it. You're not there to prove anything. 
Yeah, I'm documenting it. It's a documentary. Exactly. So, um, <laughs> you know, that's 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 the only take. The take is like it was interesting to me. It was interesting enough for me to do it and and push through it and you know, with a really s- small um network of support for a really long t- for not a really long time, but like long when you don't have any money. So like, you know, we did it. I did it because it was interesting to me and it was worth doing because um I enjoyed it. So yeah, no so, could, yeah. Something that really worked for me and I wonder if you had a comment about the music in the film with John Mouse and Ariel Pink, Picture Me mm-hmm. Gone. Like I, I that that as like a bat as a sonic backdrop for me was like oh, actually yeah. really poignant. Yeah, that and, song uh, hit particularly hard. Well, I'm well Ariel's he's one of my he's one of my closest friends. So I I knew that um I wanted him to be involved from the beginning because um he he's just sort of been around we he's just been sort of witnessing me go through this whole journey of like becoming interested in this thing and like he's pretty savvy um himself so i always knew that he was going to do the music and then i knew that i wanted john to participate because of um just his fan base among this community of people from which i think is mostly because of that sam hyde episode that he did but It's also just because he's like a weird intellectual that like quit being a musician to get like a PhD and like, you know, like lives out in the middle of nowhere, like doesn't talk to anyone. But um, he, yeah, uh, I just always knew that they were going to do it. And I just sort of manif- manifested John. Like, I didn't think I was going to be able to get John because he's, but um, I, I will, I will cop to that. It was really Ariel that sort of did, did most of the, um most of the score himself and john john played on a couple of those tracks but um it was mostly ariel that made it happen and he's also a producer on the film and um his he's just like a really um here in la like he's sort of he's lifted like a lot of people up and he really um is sort of an access of like a whole cultural thing here that sort of in my opinion sort of made la cool again um because i i lived in new york for 10 years before i moved out here um but i remember when i got here it was just everything that was cool that was happening like was kind of like one degree of separation away from him so um and i've worked with him long before i uh did this movie so i just i'm i it was just a really um you know uh what is it what's the robert evans not robert evans like like uh when luck meets preparation or something opportunity is when luck meets preparation right so i just i had this network of people and i was able to bring all of my friends and like my influential people of my life i was able to bring them all together to 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 back me on this project and i just feel like super lucky and i'm just really proud and yeah i think that um yeah picture me gone i always knew i wanted to be like one of the main one of the main songs for sure and yeah it worked out yeah the score was great all around i thought but um picture me gone definitely uh in particular yeah have you guys ever seen like the grant singer video for that yes which one which one was that is that when he's like a picture me gone video 
it's weird. Like people have like these rubber masks on and like Ariel's on this weird, like it's for pom pom. He's on this like pink background. Yep. It's a weird. I love those grand singer videos for that, for that record. I was yep. jealous cause I wanted oh, to make yeah, them. This one. Yeah. This one is sick. Um, but yeah, that song. And it was cool. Cause like, I mean, he's my friend, but I'm also like a huge fan. And like, he gave me this like totally sick remix. And like, I was basically just mixing and remix cause I edited the movie, but like, it was so cool to have all these stem Cause a lot of the tracks in the movie are, um, on the score are actually just stems from, um, from albums. Oh, and if yeah. you, and if you know that, if you know those albums, then you can maybe pick them out. Yeah. So sometimes it's just like, um, yeah, he just gave me a bunch of instance. He's he's like a really smart business person and he sort of maintains control of a lot of his music. So he was able to just like give me like this humongous like grab bag of of just like never before heard sort of like takes on stuff and then some original stuff. And then he basically made it so that I could green light this licensing. So John's yeah, but John like made sure that, you know. I could license all those songs and like, you know, it's, it's pretty admirable that he let me use like cop killer while some dudes are like shooting off AKs and, <laughs> yeah, and like convince his that. record company that like that was cool. Cause I know that he, that song has had some problems. In right. The past. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. I could, um, I could not believe that that was great sequence. Well, that's cleared. I got all that shit cleared, which is so amazing. And so those guys really put their weight behind me and um, bless them for that. Um, but yeah, it, I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe that I was able to clear that song for that scene. I was like, oh, this is fucking like, I mean, when it, when we got accepted to South by, um, before it got canceled, I didn't have, like I said, like, I didn't, I didn't really do this the right way. It was pretty cobbled together and I didn't like get like festival clearance for any of the songs in the movie because like, I just didn't think of it because, like, I just never did that before. Like, I just right. so used to temping in music and then, like, somebody else just deals with clearance. And I didn't have a music supervisor until it had to go on Amazon. And then they were like, well, you can't show this movie on Amazon unless you get all of the all of the music cleared for the whole movie. And then, like, the festivals, the, the streaming was going to happen in two weeks. So it's different if you're showing something in South by to, like, 100 people in a room versus on Amazon – so I basically got this um, music supervisor, Tiffany Anders, hey, um, and she cleared, she got all this music cleared for me in like two weeks. And it was like, I mean, every, like every like hipster, like musician person I know that like wants to, they're like, oh, I should be a music supervisor, but they don't know what goes into that. Like that shit's crazy. Yeah. It's a whole there's job. A, there's a lot of red tape, man. I, I mean, yeah. I can't believe we got it done on time, but we we did. And people gave me, I was so afraid that people weren't going to, because it's not just John and Ariel. Like there's other tracks. There's like some indie artists in there and there's, some, you know, I basically just used whatever I wanted and then managed to get like 90% of it cleared. Anyway, it's, it's kind of, maybe it's boring to talk no. about. No, not at all. Big I shouts to music supervisors. Yeah, big shots to music supervisors. Huge. Yeah, thank you for your service. <laughs> um, oh, well, okay. Going back to my earlier question, um, kind of, you've kind of talked about this, but maybe yeah. a little more specifically, as specific as sure. you can be. I have a tendency to kind of meander when I 
when I meander talk. away. That's you know, um. That's what so if do. you want to, lo- if I don't really hit on something and you want to like be like, no, but you can ask me again because maybe I'll hit it the second time. Okay, cool. Well, I just want to talk like what what has in general what has the kind of Twitter slash woke response been. Like who has been the angriest? You can, no, you can no, name names. I don't, you can be specific. I don't fall. It's actually been the response for for this has actually been like so incredibly like mild and like the the worst that I ever got was the stuff that was happening in like the reviews, like the early reviews, and then, um, but online, like I have a, I have a, I got a lot of Twitter followers fast, and like I came off private, but like I don't, I don't really want like woke people to to follow me i mean it's fine if i i but i don't i don't really want to unlike the people in my film i i don't i don't want to interface with like hostility that much i'm not afraid of it like i like i said like the truth is on my side i feel like so I, I feel pretty self-assured in that, but like, I don't want to become like the spokesperson for this group of people. Like right. there's like, that doesn't make any sense. And I mean, I've already, they've already done me like a huge favor by letting me like appropriate their subculture as like a total outsider and like, not like hanging me from like the highest tree, you know, like I was more concerned always with how I was going to be perceived by um, the people who the film was about than the woke people or like the the mainstream people because their response was so predictable to me. So, right. um, and ultimately just not really that harmful because it wasn't really based in any like real like substance or conversation, but I was more concerned. Yeah. With just making sure that like the online people like that, I didn't, that they didn't like come for me. And well, for how, the most part, how has they their response ha- been? Like, how has Incel's response been to it? Okay. Well, first of all, I don't... This is, like, the thing that keeps... That is, like, the sticking point. It's, like, is the movie even, like, about, like, Incel's? Like, I don't think that, like, Incel... Shit. I think we're we're calling it Incel culture because we don't have a different word to call, but it's not what it is at all. No, totally, totally. And, like, I feel like it's derogatory to the people in my film and in a way that makes me uncomfortable. And that's why I keep on trying to, like, it's like, yes, the word does appear in the movie, but only for the sake of sort of teasing it out and um, sort of dispelling this common um, perception of what that means or, or what it doesn't mean. But to be, I've actually, I've had, like, a mostly pause super positive response from that community like of course there are like a few people here and there but it's not it's it's not as bad now as it was before the movie came out and when they like they expected it to be like a feminist like take or something right that was way worse was when and and mostly it all exists on like the 4chan boards right like any hate for me from that group of people is on 4chan it's not really on Twitter. I don't know why. Maybe I'm just not, maybe my DMs aren't open and that's why I don't know. But like my DMs were open for a while. and like, I didn't get anything. Like I get, I get a lot of letters from guys that say that, um, they really appreciate the movie and that it, it felt really therapeutic to them and that, you know, it really was meaningful to them. And, um, 
that's what I get more than anything else. And like, yeah, people throw shade at me, but that's just the nature of the beast. Right. And like, for me, it's like, I did a little bit of black magic. It's like, they say like, if you, you know, I like, I was tampering, you don't make a movie about troll culture and like not get trolled at all. Like, it's just not, that's just not going to happen. And like, that was never, I always knew that there was going to be some fallout, but the fallout actually, I just feel like really, um, I, I just, I can't believe how positive it's, it's been. And I'm just really grateful for everybody that's sort of let it slide. (laughs) Honestly, I I feel like the lack of politics in it is probably pretty well appreciated. I like, I think that makes it resonate way more. It's more about just relating to these kids and not thinking of them as a type of person or this part of this, uh, you know, they're alt-right, they're part of this, they're part of that. It's just kind of about, we're going to follow these kids around and, and right. maybe you'll relate to them more than you think. Well, the other misnomer is that everybody in the film is right-wing, right? Totally, so yeah. if I have to talk about like what the take is that I most disagree with, it's just the the, the sheer assumption that, that they're all right-wing. Now, I'm not going to say they're all not right-wing, but I think it almost sort of goes beyond... Right. Politics. That's, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Totally. And like, but definitely like there are people who if when pressed would definitely identify as like left or something like definitely Vidi um, and, and Charles probably, but especially Vid- Vidi's a little bit more political than I gave him credit for in the movie. But again, it was not, wasn't really that political of a movie. So I didn't, but like, you know, he's like more, I tried to get one of each kind of guy. Right. So I got the sort of like conservative, like bodybuilder, like right wing guy, and then I got like the sort of philosophy troll, compot slash influencer figure who serves as sort of the narrator of the film, also um, the Grecian chorus of the film, so that I didn't have to have any experts or anything like that. And then I got just like basic like sad boy shit poster like down and out Kyle, um, who I think is sort of like maybe has my some of my favorite tweets I've ever seen like I don't recommend normal people like subscribe to his account because (laughs) he's like maybe just like a little too based and like wild for most people and like but um yeah uh and then I tried to get you know like the sort of nerdy crypto guy and then sort of like the you know the weird sort of like irony cell like like you know autistic school shooter type. And like, I feel like I hit like a lot of the bases and with Vidi and Charlie, like I didn't know I was going to get a two for one. Like I was just trying to get Charles and I didn't realize that Vidi was his brother. So, and Vidi kind of carries a lot of scenes and ended up being like such an asset to the film. Um, so it's cool. Yeah, no, it it covers a lot of ground, all these different characters. Yeah. I mean, they're definitely not all the same and, um, you know, uh, there's just a lot. I just Did you find yourself relating to them? Well, yeah, of course. I mean, yeah. I but but I had already followed them online and stuff. Like right. I'm not just like on one hand, I don't I don't want to be like the the like the the incel chick or like the TFW you no know, GF chick. Like I don't want to go on like Bill Maher and like talk about incels or something. Like I don't want to do that, right? <laughs> I want to be a filmmaker. I don't, right. I want to make a film about something else after this. But on the other hand, like I'm totally, I'm 
more than a normal per, like the reason it feels more insider is because I'm actually deeply interested in this world and I kind of consider myself to be like a part of it, even if I'm just more of an observer. Like I'm, it's not like I just like go and talk to these guys and then I like go back to my like totally like blue pilled, like Hollywood, like life and whatever. Like everything has sort of changed for me since I kind of got into this online subculture stuff. And, um, I, I'm old enough to where I have one foot out the door just sort of naturally. Um, so I don't have to worry about like, you know, getting it over my head or like becoming radicalized or, right. you know, well, I, like think, I still value the real world. Right. Um, so I think people might perceive it as being insider or whatever, because it doesn't have an agenda, which is maybe kind of rare. So people think that, means you're sympathetic like fully sympathetic or like one of them for some reason but I, I didn't get that at all i just got that you were being objective and you you know were presenting this subject. there's no hidden agenda there's no there's right, no right. there's no ulterior motive that i mean you can't say there's no agenda i mean i made a i made a film about it so obviously i thought it was important enough to to go through the trouble to make a film about it so it can't be totally without agenda like the agenda was to make a film about it right right i guess the agenda I'm was was not to just like and, and and i just knew that you know there was no point in trying to solve all the problems of the questions that are raised in the film because you know now i have people calling me up and people writing me all the time and people talking on podcasts and stuff about what the film is about. And that's where the real, like, um, that's where the real prog progress, like that's where that happens is in those conversations, you know? And if the film can be a conversation piece, that's really what I wanted to do because so often now you just watch a movie and you just forget about it. But with this movie, it's like, you can't even watch it. It's not even online. Like, you and people will still want to talk to me about it so like that's just a tremendous gift and i just feel yeah. really lucky right i guess I, sh I i didn't mean it didn't have an agenda i meant that your kind of opinion of it it's or, not propaganda exactly like you weren't trying yeah. to get anyone to have an opinion on these people or the subculture you weren't trying to give reasons for why it exists you were just trying to present it and like present the issues that lead to it existing but yeah. you weren't looking for answers I think it's okay for people to have an opinion. Like, I think it's okay for people to watch it and be like, fuck these guys. Like, I think that's fine. Like, that, you know, that doesn't seem totally beyond the realm of conception right. to me. Um, I, but, you know, mostly I just wanted people, I just wanted, I just thought there needed to be a discussion. And, you know, I don't want to be the person with all the answers because I, can't live up to that standard and you know now we get to have discussions about it so yeah yeah and not to be nihilistic but i don't even think there really is an answer i think it kind of is what it no, is no i mean yeah because there's so many factors right but yeah. i just i i just was so tired of like this reductive right. kind of reactionary kind of response to like you know when you look at something like you know, like, I hate to say it, but like, you know, we talk about, this is so, this is such a, like a normie observation, but we're, you know, we talk so much about gun control and we talk so much about the opioid crisis and we talk so much about like identity politics and we talk so much about like, you know, but we never really just deal with like the real people 
at the heart of those issues. We just talk about it in sort of nebulous way. And we never really address like the actual human factor that goes into like any of this. But the truth is you could, you could make a movie about any person in any class or any group, and you could make a movie that's worth watching about those people. And you can, you know, it doesn't, it's like, yeah, it it, it yeah, has well, value within itself. I think people get like theory poisoned and you can like read political and theory and, and sociology, whatever, and, and start to kind of think you're connecting dots as why different circumstances lead to different subcultures. And, and there's probably some truth to some of it, but it's, it's like not that easy. Those work is thought exercises, but they like, just yeah, they don't exist in reality. They, completely yeah what's it got to do with the price of bacon nothing (laughs) nothing so it's like yeah that's that's what people are missing now in this in sort of this online era is that like you know i always just say like if you like i don't know how this connects this might sound like random but i always think of like if your car breaks down on the side of the road and like you have like a flat tire or like your car something happens you don't care who fucking comes and like picks you up and like helps you you're just like grateful for like the person that stopped like these these person-to-person interactions are 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 getting like lost and these people are just like becoming like faceless kind of entities when really like we're all kind of a lot more similar than we know and i just that's probably a theme that i want to carry into anything that i do in the future um, because I feel like that is just, we get lost in these sort of talking points and these sort of like, um, right. I, that, I, I think that the film absolutely succeeds in kind of bringing that across. I think it absolutely succeeds in making you realize that you might have more in common with these people you claim to, or you, you know, think are bad eggs for whatever reason than you realize. And ironically, that's a very, uh, left-wing idea <laughs> well yeah and on, and honestly if this was the 90s or something this would be considered a left-wing film right absolutely yeah like yeah. i mean this is sort of it's not the classical liberal because that means something totally different but like it's like i feel like liberals have like really lost their way when it comes to um a lot of these issues about compassion and about empathy um that's almost totally being lost from the conversation um and i i think it's I think it's too bad because I think there's a lot of homeless sort of liberals right now. And, um, you know, sometimes they all, they get grouped in with sort of like darker elements. Like I myself know that like, you know, I, I couldn't show, I couldn't, I have had so many events canceled from this film just because people just assume that like, I'm some like, I'm some like, you know, bootlicking, like right wing, like woman hating, like, it's also yeah. weird because I wonder how many people who would cancel something involved that you're involved with actually care or they're just worried about their own perception. Well, that's the thing. They're thing. not even worried about their own perception. They're worried about how other people will perceive them. So it's right. almost that's, like totally yeah. removed from the people who are actually having the conversation. And it's like, especially like when I couldn't really get enough support for this, but I could get just enough support to keep it going. People were, they weren't afraid of what they thought. And time and time again, I had like program, either programmers or production companies or investors, potential investors say to me, um, 
personally, I really liked it, but I just think that you need to be really careful because you're not um, doing enough to uh, to show that uh, you're just not falling in line and I just can't be associated with that. And I don't think that that problem is going to go away, but I, I am heartened by the fact that like when the film first started showing, um, I was getting a lot of sort of intense reviews or like that, like intense, like Rolling Stone article, which people wrote me and they were like, Oh, I'm sorry about that. Rolling Stone article is really negative. I'm like, it means it meant enough. I mean, I was so happy to just be in Rolling Stone and that I wasn't misquoted. Like I was like, right. Whoa, this is so cool. She actually put my quotes in there. Like, yeah, they have an agenda, which is to just like say that like this, these guys are dangerous, but like, what is so surprise about that? Like nothing at all, you know? So I, uh, I don't, I don't expect that to change, but I do know that, you know, by the end of our run, we have that amazing, like Peter de Bruges review that was really thoughtful that came out. And then after that, after the movie had gone offline, the national review, which is, I guess, pretty is conservative, but it's more like neocon. It's not like edgy or anything. Like they wrote a really thoughtful review too. And like the reviews just started getting more positive as the film, as people sort of became comfortable with the idea that it was okay to like it. Like, um, I just think that everybody jumped to the assumption that they just had to reject it because it wasn't right. okay to like it. And that if they didn't fucking tear it down, then they were going to get in trouble. And like, um, it didn't matter if they liked me personally or if they even liked the film. What mattered was like that they needed to like toe the line. But, you know, in retrospect, like, you know, that was like a really boring choice for them. But I think that the kind of sort of like this sort of gleeful, like troll side of me... <laughs> Right. that identifies with these people is like is sort of like really um feels really validated by the positive response i've gotten to the film after everybody told me that like this couldn't be made and it couldn't come out and that i didn't that i was you know gonna be canceled and you know okay. i might still get i might still get canceled but you know but that's, that, it's people would be really grasping at straws i think i mean what there's like, what did you do wrong? Like, try to get more people to relate to each other and have sympathy for each other. You know what I mean? Like, why is that yeah. something that you have to, like, worry about now? Like, oh, you might, like, mess your career up if, you know, too many people, have, if you make people have sympathy for each other. It's, it's because really they bizarre. think it's a dog, because they think it's a dog whistle. Right. They think it's a dog whistle. Like, and, and like, I'm not going to. Like it's a movie about troll culture and part of troll, a part of trolling is like, where's, you know, it's like in the movie, where does the irony and insincerity begin? Right. Mm. Like there were guys in the subculture or whatever that watched this movie that thought that the whole movie was just a troll. Like people, <laughs> they thought I was just fucking around. Like they're right. like, really? Like we're going to make like normies feel sorry for us. Like that's like what the movie's about. Like really? <laughs> but like, um, you know, you can kind of choose your own adventure with that. But, um yeah it's they think it's a dog whistle they think oh this girl's just pretending like she feels sorry for these people and also i don't feel sorry for them i know and and it's like people are like well you're showing them sympathy don't you think that's a problem i said no i'm showing them empathy and the difference between right. sympathy and empathy yes. empathy you're meeting somebody as an equal and sympathy you think that they're beneath you and i don't think that these guys are beneath me like, I think that they're fucking geniuses. Right. Yeah, I think that's they're cool. The, that's like kind of what I was saying at the beginning. Like, people saying, oh, they're not oppressed. They think they're oppressed. It's not about, it's not like, we don't have to They don't throw shade at anybody. Oppressed. Exactly. It's not about that. It's about like being empathetic to another human being or just like understanding where they're coming from in their lives. It has nothing to do with like 
feeling sorry for them or, or acknowledging it. There's nothing to do with that. It's just to recognize yeah. them as and I mean, people. That's the other thing that's been funny to watch, though, is that people like have that take that is your take right now. And then they go and they like follow these dudes on Twitter. and They're like, whoa, these guys are like way more hardcore than like the movie <laughs> right. kind of lets on a little bit. They're I haven't looked at their Twitter, like, so I don't know. They're like, I mean, they're just it's it's been cool to kind of watch them sort of lean into their like identities like i mean they're not like charlie obviously doesn't post like threatening shit anymore or but i'm just saying like i'm not gonna say there's nothing quote unquote like problematic there like it wouldn't be hard for any like normal like liberal person to like go and like check out their twitter accounts and find something to be offended about like right well also be able to find something to be offended about like really fast being empathetic doesn't mean you think everything the person does is great or and like totally fine or whatever it's it's just like like I, it's it's all on a scale it's balanced it's not one or the other yeah it's true it's just real shit also um, kind of what you because you said earlier if this was in the 90s it would be thought of as left-wing mm-hmm. um yeah because i like i said before i thought of bowling for columbine with it and the famous marilyn manson quote where they ask him uh what would you have said to to the shooters and he said i i wouldn't have said anything i would have listened because that's what nobody did yeah that's great oh my god i forgot about that and i've always loved that quote and i think that that's what this movie does it listens to them and that's why i didn't understand the kind of idea that you not putting yourself in it was like bad for some reason yeah and that's what's so funny is like and that's why i i caved in like originally i didn't want to do any like news clips of like media clips of people like in their hot takes like it really took a while for me to warm up to that and it was one of the last things that i cut was like the intro that shows like all like the news people like because i'm so sick of seeing that in docs um and i really just didn't really want to have a lot of third-party footage in my film because i'm so sick of watching like documentaries that are just made up of other people's shit basically right like it's just it's just so like cheap basically. Um, but, um, so everybody's so bewildered. Why, why, like, why would they, what, this is so senseless. Like these guys, like, why would they, why are they doing this? Like, but the, but then you give them the answer and they don't even look at it. They just go and write some fucking stupid article yep. anyway. Like that just says, why I don't, it, huh? And it's just like, yeah, the critical the, the mechanism for critical thinking on mass has been like totally de- just debilitated, and I mean, I guess that's like an internet thing, but I don't really know. Right, um, and all of this is not to say you know, not like you can't have like a critical opinion of a documentary. Like, of course you should, but I guess I would say, like, make sure your opinions aren't coming from some place of like well i have to think this or i or you feel weird that you like it or like why do i like this i shouldn't like this well it's like feeling weird that something even exists that's what's so stupid about it it's like it doesn't matter whether it's like yeah it's pretty mundane guess what it's pretty like people that are like oh the movie you know it's boring it's mundane and i'm like good I'm glad you think it's fucking mundane because like real life is kind of mundane and actually yeah. like it's the opposite yeah. of whatever like bullshit like narrative you're forming. It's actually just about people that like just feel like fucking alienated. And, um, you know, here it is here. Here. Look, all these questions you've been asking. Here's the answers. Sorry, I couldn't give it to you in like a two second long soundbite. But like that's your problem, not mine. Right. 
Yeah. I, ha- I had two questions for you just about like um, the, the future. Uh, one being, are there other, because you, uh, you seem to be interested in documentaries that do focus on, on people and if there was a type of person or, 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 some, or some sort of subject in the future that you're, you kind of have your eye on outside of this world. Um, I, I have, I have some ideas. I I'm trying to think about like, like for me, I'm, I've always sort of been interested in kind of like outsider art and outsider stuff, you know, um, always my whole life. Um, and now it's become, you know, and, and then I just managed to to finally like stick the landing with something. Um, but I want to, you know, I want to do narrative stuff too. Like I have, I have some ideas I want to develop. I feel like with, any kind of um kind of capital or like mandate i have from doing this film just from if it succeeds and somehow i'm able to like do something like higher profile or like more ambitious i would probably want to make like um maybe like a bio about somebody famous or something like i don't know like elon musk or something (laughs) yeah um not, is there, is there a movie not that I the... should spill my <laughs> ideas, but you know, That's I'm it. sure other people have like tried. I mean, I just would like to use it to kind of do something that I couldn't do before. Right. Um, but in some ways I'll never be able to do something like this again. Cause it was right. so, um, it was really hard. I mean, it was really fraught and it was really um, personal and, um, it was really hard work and it was sort of a lot of it a lot of the time it was me alone and of course a lot of people came out of the woodwork sort of as the film picked up steam and lent their support to this which is like so incredible but um I think maybe I'm not gonna I know I can make another good movie but I don't know if I can ever make another movie that is like um as like just pure like a lot of blood went into this movie right Right. and it's been hard for like the people in the movie um, it's been hard. It's been fraught, right? Like the whole thing has been fraught. And, um, those people who decided to appear in this movie, like did something really amazing, um, whether they know it or not. Um, and they've sort of put themselves out there in a way that like, isn't always like a hundred percent, like positive results for them, you know, right. like there's a lot of peer pressure, and there's a lot of heat on them. And, you know, now you have, you know, people in Rolling Stone calling you a fucking loser, you know, and like, or, yeah. or whatever. And, you know, I don't know if they knew that that's what they were signing up for. And I'm like, I'm really sensitive to their well-being. Well, um, actually, so, yeah, because I had asked about what the kind of their, their like subculture on the Internet, what their reaction was. But how was everyone in the film's reaction? Like, do you think they all are happy with it well they like the movie but i mean these are young people who aren't i mean they're used to having sort of anonymous attention but you know at the beginning of this movie we weren't even going to show people's faces like that's how why i shot kyle so weird like the first time Uh, i shot him was because like we weren't really going to show people and then it started to then we got comfortable but like you know they feel pretty fucking vulnerable you know and they're and they're young and it's you know and also they're not like getting like big payouts and also like we had this whole plan i was going to bring them all to south by southwest and we were going to party and they were all going to get to meet each other and like so many things just like never happened and now they're just in a movie on fucking amazon and like everybody 
they're, they're still who the know internet. i don't know what their dms are like like i don't know like nothing in their real world has changed it's sort of like with how things are for me like it's just they've just got way more followers now and they just you know they're worried about like their parents and shit like seeing the movie <laughs> like i mean that's sort of where they're at so i mean i don't know i think the only way i could have made this movie was as an unknown filmmaker because and you know it, i i i hope that i can do something that's as good in a in a different way but this movie was like um like if it was sort of like a a a lot of things coalesced at once to make it possible and i don't know if all those things could fall in the line like that again but well, um i think it's interesting that you operate or from a background of being a, like an editor and i think you being an editor obviously comes across uh in directing this movie and editing it yourself i was curious if there were like editors or, or filmmakers or documentarians that you kind of fuck with that uh kind of influenced you here you know be it Frederick Wiseman or some sort of that somebody who's really focused on editing and I was wondering like did you have like a ton of footage that you were editing down from and that sort well, of shit? no actually there actually I'm shooting sort of as an editor and I mean not a lot of the so like the b-roll for this movie we use almost all of it like I mean I was really sort of there was a lot of editing in camera like I also shot I also shot during every shoot, right? I, I had a second, I had like a legit camera crew person for um, the whole second half of production. I had one other crew member, but I was always like B cam or whatever. Um, I, but very little actually, th there's there's a whole other movie in here, obviously based on the interviews like that I could have put together. Right. But uh, compared with other movies I've done, there, there's less footage in this film than almost any other film ever and um when i when i took this film to um my colorist um whose name is luke cahill he also did um tangerine the sean baker movie yeah oh yeah and he's like super badass i kind of chose him because of that movie he they tell you how many shots are in the movie and um there's 900 shots in this movie which is um the same as about what's in an alfred hitchcock movie and he said that's considered the ideal amount of shots for a film. And most films these days have about 3,000, 4,000 shots. This film only had 900 shots in it. So um, individual cuts, basically. So that was pretty cool to learn that little nerdy fact. But yeah. I'm actually not like a big like film nerd. Um, like I absorb a lot of um, pop culture and um, obviously there are like documentarians who I was pretty influenced by for this movie, like Penelope Spheris or, um, cause decline of Western civilization was a big mm -hmm. inspiration. And, yeah. um, you know, Harmony Corinne's always been an inspiration for me and, um, uh, you know, like Terry Zweigoff or, um, uh, what was another reference for this? Um, yeah. Uh, streetwise was a big oh, yeah. reference for this. Um, but, I really like, you know, cinema verite docs, uh, maybe like, you know, like Ross McElwee or something like even like Sherman's March was something I thought. I was going to mention Sherman's. Yeah. Sherman's March minus you being in this movie yeah. really came to mind, which is yeah. a big compliment, I think. Yeah. I thought about him a lot and obviously like the Maisels and stuff. Um, 
but you know in terms of just like editing influences more like I really like like the Bob Fosse movies and sort of like taking editing like really seriously and like making it like I mean like really just kind of letting your freak flag fly um which wasn't always great for me as like an editor professionally because people you know really didn't always want you to have your own flavor like you kind of need to like get in with a director and and for me it was Adam Balolo that I worked with a lot but um that was but um you know I started doing film I didn't go to film school I learned through making music videos um because I kind of came up in the music scene Mm -hmm. so I just kind of learned to edit from doing music videos and that's sort of like my my basis for for everything um but yeah, I, I kind of, this is really fucked up too. Um, I, I kind of like when I, when I'm making something and when I'm like working on a project, I actually try to like expose myself to like as little outside, um, material as possible. Not just because I'm like trying to like do some stupid process thing, but just cause I can't look at a screen anymore. Yeah. So, um, especially when I'm like heavy duty editing, like I can't watch things. Like I have to like listen to podcasts and stuff, but I think that like a lot of what I did on this movie was sort of done in a vacuum of just not watching other documentaries at all and not like people would send me stuff about like incels or like internet culture. And like, I didn't look at any of it. Um, I just tried to do everything like in a vacuum of what I was experiencing and like what I thought was interesting and just like not really be like, cause you have to assemble these influences in order to like sell your movie. But if I hadn't have had to like go through that process of thinking like, oh, well, what movie is this like? And like trying to like put my finger on that, I might not have ever like um, done it. Like, because I just really just try to like follow my gut and kind of do my own thing and cultivate my own vibe. And yeah, I got that sense in this movie. And it's a very Ion sentiment. Yeah, we're, we're big fans of Hoover art, vacuum art, like things that are not so like influenced and sort of tainted with like a constant like pulse zeitgeist check. Yeah, and I and like so my friend Asher hooked me was the one that hooked me up with you guys, who's also a producer. Big shout to Asher. Big hi, hi, sweetie Asher. Um, but I, I, we talk a lot about how like, I mean, not to be all like, he was like, well, because I was trying to figure out like what this podcast was. And he was like, well, they're sort of like out, like outsider, like cinema people or like outside of Hollywood. But like, I kind of like that Hollywood's like imploding right now and like is like all Mm -hmm. bloated and like going to die soon. Like Mm -hmm. I'm totally into that. And if I could just be like one of like the the horsemen of like that, the four horsemen of like that um, acceleration of, of that, like I would just be really um, pumped. Still. To just, to just <laughs> yeah. like burn that, to fucking just burn, burn that shit down to the ground because like you know the, it's it's time to start like actually like for the amount of like sound bites you get about people like in these like in the Hollywood rags talking about like storytelling and stuff like nobody's like it's it's starting to happen now people are starting to make good movies again I'm glad you know I'm glad everybody's like got a fucking boner for the Safdie brothers now like or whatever, like, people are doing, like, interesting stuff, and we're sort of returning to, like, you know, sort of that 70s, like, golden era of, like, um, yeah. doing what you want to do, I you think know? there could be a few less boners, but I agree. Uh, well, that's because they're the, but that's, <laughs> yeah, but I'm worried, I'm, I mean, that's because there's not, that's because they're the only 
touch, they're the only thing, right? But like, think of all the other people that like, they're like, that have been inspired just by, you know, them having some success, like, right. of course, me, me included. burnout is inevitable, right? Like, I mean, I, I even worry about, I mean, I'm burnt out on myself just from doing podcasts for like a week, right? Like, I'm tired of hearing myself fucking talk. So, I mean, I can't imagine, I can't imagine how they're feeling. Like, and inevitably, like, if you, if everyone's blowing smoke up your ass, like, people are going (laughs) to like turn on you at some point. But, um, no, big shots there. We we love their movies. Great filmmakers. They're cool. And I remember seeing Heaven Knows What. Um, and Ariel did some, because Ariel did some songs on that. that. That's my favorite of theirs, honestly. One of you the like best that movies one? of the decade. Oh, I love it. Good time was my favorite. I so far. No comment. Really? I mean, I just thought it was <laughs> I like silly. It. I no, mean, anxiety I, I like cinema. We we work on big projects with them, so big shots. Um, I have <laughs> one. I have one criticism of of them, which is like, how much cooler and unexpected would it have been if, like, at the end of like Uncut Gems, like everything just like turned out okay. <laughs> and he just like got the money yeah. and he like went and it was like a happy ending like that's the real like cum shot that you want at the end of like the Safety Brothers movie is like everything like worked out okay like how crazy would that be I think yeah, they should th- do that for the yeah. next one where you're just waiting for everything to just be like anxiety 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 and then like at the end like everything works out that would have been so dope well I think there's like a little boy instinct to like making this like fun Adam Sandler Christmas branded movie as like something that just totally fucks up at the end like the morality of it is like <laughs> everything's actually fucked I and yeah it would have just been so good if he just would have like met the girl in Vegas or like whatever the fuck like they, but they, so yeah they cool. love they love that they love that we're not they, they love that sort of unsatisfying <laughs> they stuff. won't give it to you yeah, they don't want they're to not do gonna. That. They're not gonna give it to you. Well, they can't just make anxiety movies forever. They're gonna have Josh. To, like, I know you're listening. Give it to us. Who? Josh. Josh. <laughs> yeah. This Josh Safty. We sent him a screener for the movie. I wonder if they watched it or not. He's he's an avid watcher. I'm sure he's I'm sure he's watched it or is going to. Like he he doesn't he doesn't ignore much, which I think is one of him and Benny Strange. I'm gonna do a conference call with him and. Billy Corgan and Jonah Hill and the Safdie brothers. And we're, gonna, we're gonna work it all out. We're gonna just do like a <laughs> like a Zoom meeting. No, that's not gonna happen, but that would be cool though. Uh, sounds like a Ion Pecker's dream come true. Yeah, big, big shouts to all involved. <laughs> <laughs> that's so cool. You guys picked up on the Billy Corgan thing. Like I didn't know anybody was picking up on that. Oh yeah. Well we we're all. we're huge, huge Billy Corgan fans. Smashing pumpkins are good, right? They're bust. Yeah. yeah. Like I feel like they really capture the sound of like how I felt like in the eighth grade more than it, more than like anything. I think they're probably the best man of all time. Whoa, really? Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, that's really cool. Cause I mean that's interesting because I always thought they were like for chicks, you know? Really? Yeah, like dudes, dudes like you know what? Like, that's that's interesting. Uh, yeah, like, yeah. I, I don't know. I think they're pretty alpha. Fun. They are alpha as it turns out. <laughs> I, as it turns out. I always late, really late, 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 late period William Corgan is definitely alpha. I don't know if uh, well, I don't know when, if Gish is, is, is as alpha as it sounds. Well, think about this. He was like the last person ever to develop like a new guitar sound, like when rock right, music yeah, like, like, still yeah. mattered. Like, and his, this is what, that's what I told him. Like just his sonically. His shredding like, Siamese dream is absolutely alpha. 
he created something that like didn't like really didn't exist before. And you can't say that about Oasis or whatever, you know, you can't even really say it about, you can't even say it about Nirvana. Like there's only one band that like created an entirely like distinct, yeah. distinct sound of an instrument, actually like the combination of like what he was doing. was like, and that'll never happen again. We can't go back there. No, so. totally. I, yeah, I totally agree. I could talk about this for a long time, but I don't want to give too much. Yeah. Money. It's a bit of a, we already did that. We already did the Billy Corgan thing. Earlier. Yeah, well, it's the big, it's the biggest cosign that you could probably get. So big shout. Damn, yeah. I wish you guys could talk to him. <laughs> um, Come on, Ion Pod, Billy. <laughs> We're yeah. waiting, William. Well, you guys have to do like a, like some more shows. I feel like before you're oh, able yeah. to like hook that up. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. But well, we can't get much bigger. <laughs> I mean, that's so cool that people are still like picking up what he's laying down. Um, he's like really into like um, cats and animals. Yeah, right. Um, he's like that's like his whole shit. He's like yeah, that was actually one of my guy. favorite. My, one of my favorite Twitter <laughs> beefs of all time was uh, what's his name, Anderson Cooper, roasting him for appearing on the cover of that magazine with a cat, and Billy getting really mad and firing back. That was like my favorite Twitter fight of all time. Yeah, I mean. He's not afraid of anybody. He's not afraid of anything. It's really crazy. Um, Neither are we. Neither are we. And and refreshing. No, you guys aren't. I thought you guys did like voice modulation and stuff. Are you going to do that afterwards? Oh, yeah. Yeah, Yeah, We don't know how to do it on the way in. Because that was like the crate. That was like (laughs) when I put on your show yesterday to like do my research. I was like, that's fucking cool. (laughs) <laughs> yeah yeah that, that, yeah but you get that you get the later. raw treatment here which is, is sort of the insider bit that's you that's great you guys should definitely stick with that i mean does anyone else do that thanks <laughs> <laughs> no one really does what we do i we're haven't kind of heard it before we're, that to me we're like really the smashing impressive. pumpkins of instagram yeah it's our own guitar so that's your whole deal like you guys are like an instagram thing I'm still working out what your deal is. Um, um, your your guess is it's, it's, it's all encompassing. So did you guys just start? Is this okay? I mean, are we too late in the podcast for me to ask you guys questions? No, yeah, we can, we can just cut it out if it's too revealing. But go. For oh, it. I don't want to ask you any personal questions. I'm just. So did you guys start doing this when coronavirus hit? Are you guys one of those? No, this has been going on. Um, oh, you mean the podcast? Yeah. I guess we did, but it actually wasn't because of that. Like. Uh, we were talking about doing it for a while and i was like he he was more keen on it at first i was like dude i don't know what we're gonna say um but we decided to just go for it i guess because of coronavirus yeah well although we were kind of talking about we were gonna maybe do it like the week before this all happened and then this happened and we just did it Uh uh-huh uh-huh right we have to because we can't do anything else yeah (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's really weird like i never until this it's like all the stuff started happening for me at once with like the movie and like coronavirus and like all of a sudden like my life just turned into like one like long zoom meeting (laughs) like one long like podcast so it's been like well, maybe it's, it's all. I think weird. maybe people are like listening to podcasts even more than usual, even though that's all anyone listens to. It's like people will actually listen to this whole thing because there's nothing else to do. There's no. Well, excuse. my my next podcast I'm doing is last podcast on the left. Do you guys listen to that? Oh, yeah. I yeah, I've I've heard that. 
it's very normy, but like it's I listen to it. It's um, one of my favorite. It's one of my favorites. I can't believe that they're that they want to talk to me. But so you guys are, and they're number one on Spotify. So you, so you guys are, you guys are getting a scoop right now, for (laughs) sure. Well, thank you for letting us get the scoop. Yeah, I mean, it's just I'm gonna keep talking about this until like I can't do it anymore and like until i feel like the safties and like people are like gonna turn on me or something i'm just gonna keep on doing i'm just gonna keep on doing podcasts we haven't turned on them i will say that like it's refreshing to hear you say like uh, to get sick of talking because this isn't really a roast but like i don't think that they really get sick of hearing themselves talk and i think it's admirable when someone is sick of themselves talking well, you have to you have to you kind of get have to get high on your own supply in order to do it to do that, to push, to make shit happen. Like, I mean, I'm really surprised that I could even make, make a f- pull off doing one film because I'm, I'm not enough of a dick. And like, it's, it's so funny. Like one of the first people to review the movie was like Gavin McGinnis on his, on his like censor wow. sh- show or whatever. And his whole shit was like, women shouldn't direct movies. <laughs> <laughs> and I was, I was like, I was like, yeah, I mean, that's annoying, but like, he's kind of got a point. Like it's been, <laughs> it's been like really, um, I just want, I just don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. Yeah. Right. Like, I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings. I don't want to be cringe. I don't want to. And it's like, you got to kind of put all that to the side and like get really obsessed and like really in your own shit to make a movie. And I think I, I temporarily was able to access that space, um, to make the film, um, that I just made, but, um, I don't, yeah. Like you, you do need that space in order to make a movie. And I think that that you, the Safties, anybody else who's got a movie worth talking about has has that reserve in them to tap into. And I, I, I do think it's necessary. So you're, you're definitely right about that. I just think there's a thin line between, uh, you know, self-obsession and going into, you know, just crawling up your own ass too much. Yeah. I yeah I mean it's hard because like the bigger you get the more you're surrounded by people that are just telling you that like your shit doesn't stink like gassing you up right and that's <laughs> that's like what I worry about like I don't I don't ever want to like I, I don't ever want to like lose it's inevitable right that no, I'm, gonna, you're in the, I'm you're gonna you're definitely in the clear it's, it's I don't want to lose touch with like shit that's actually important like I don't want to like become like totally like cringe and, and blue pilled like in Hollywood like get successful or something because then I'm gonna make crappy movies. Exactly. But, but I also want money. Um <laughs> so we'll see what happens with yeah, that. Just don't just tap in without drinking it. What's the shit that oh man, I kind of I was gonna make a joke. People say remember. drink the Kool-Aid, but it actually wasn't Kool-Aid that they drank at Jonestown. It was flavor aid. It was flavor aid. But we talk no, about what? getting lost in the sauce a lot. Lost in the sauce. I like that. Yeah, yeah we're like. I we, say high on your own supply is what I like to say. Yeah, we talk a lot about like adrenochrome. That's what that's sauce. what I was gonna say. Don't drink the adrenochrome. <laughs> yeah, like I still hate the sound of my own voice enough, and like I still like can't really like deal with being the sound retention. So, um, hopefully that'll continue to to serve me in like a good creative way, and not just like you know help me like fuck myself out of like you know doing more cool shit but i think i'm gonna do more cool shit you just wait um i've got some cool shit planned actually like you asked me about future products and i can't really talk about it but 
I'm I'm working on I'm working on something pretty big right now. So big projects on the way. Yeah, and I think um Throw I'm gonna do some it's, it's gonna be narrative. It's a narrative thing. So amazing. And oh. I'm really lucky as a documentary maker to be able to even fucking get somebody to take that leap with me. So we'll see. Yeah. Um well, well big shouts to you. Yeah, big shouts. Um, big shouts. Is that your like catchline for your yeah. show? Yeah, it's actually a Jonah Hill quote from uh from Jimmy Fallon, I believe. Oh my god, big shouts to Jonah. Big, big shouts, shouts to Jonah. Jonah. Um yeah, also maybe I'll take this out. I I wanted to get this in and do it publicly on on the air. Uh big shouts to Asher for unfollowing my personal Instagram. <laughs> Asher, why did he do that? I don't know. I don't know. But do you Asher, want me to, I, I, I'll, I'll follow I'll follow up with him about I'm, it. I'm saying it. Here on I've there. heard this from what? multiple people. So I'm like, wait, Asher unfollowed me today. I'm like, I don't know to tell you. <laughs> you just showed, yeah, but you just showed your cards. Like, you need to like, you need to let that shit roll off your back, man. You can't be tripping about Asher unfollowing your shit. Yeah, bro, don't be beta. Be Corgan. Yeah, don't be beta. You want to be Corgan about it. Corgan doesn't give a fuck. Uh, yeah, no, you're right. Um, but no, no, it's awful that I said it on the air. <laughs> it is it is alpha and asher i'm very disappointed i mean i don't know who this person is i'm talking to right now but i'm disappointed in you but now i said it right here was that like a sample like morning radio style yeah, yeah we usually, yeah, we usually do you waited you point. waited till like two hours in to like yeah well i there just bring was, them all back bring them in now there wasn't like an opportune time um, this is the opportunity as we end the show right okay this is how i went is that it? I'm a straight up <laughs> slut. I'm freaky as hell when I'm in that shit. So Best what's up? Experimental film. Anything by Cassavetes. Bring the song, bro. Grain. Uh, okay, let's get the fuck. Let's get the fuck out of Dodge. All right, yeah, let's yeah, get the fuck out of That's here. good. All right, well, Alex Lee Moyer, thanks so much. Thank you. This you guys was, are dope. Thank you. I yeah. really enjoyed this. Thank um, you so, so much. TFW no GF. It's not out, but. It's coming out, guys. It's coming out. De definitely don't torrent the film. Definitely don't torrent the film. Don't torrent the film. Don't torrent the film. That's beta. I mean, yeah. <laughs> I mean, torrent the film. Torrent the film. It's out. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Thank you, Alex. Bye, guys. Thanks, Alex. Thank Bye. you. Yo, play, play dog. Oh. <laughs> Big shot, big shot, big shot, big shot, big shot.